Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. When that song says, I am, message say, I am, Lord. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goldharvest.org. Right now, let's listen to this week's message. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord great praise this morning. Amen. You may be seated, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. My name is Gary Jimenez, as Pastor Perry mentioned, and uh, what an honor and a privilege it is today to be able to preach. And Pastor Perry, thank you for the opportunity of being able to speak today. I really consider this a true honor. And as believers, several of us, whether, whether you've not crossed the line of faith yet, or maybe you have if you're mature or not mature, today's a great Sunday for you to be here, because today we're going to talk about the will of God. And I think most of us, if not every single one of us, no matter where you are in your faith, I think all of us want to remain in God's will, especially as it relates to making decisions or making life-altering choices for our life. Most of us want to know God's will for our life. And so today I've titled the message, How to Know God's Will, Pass the Test. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your wonderful presence that we already sensed here during worship. And Lord, now as we transition into the preaching of the word, would your spirit just anoint our ears and anoint our hearts that we may be changed from the inside out, that we would receive something from you today. I pray, God, that as I have planned, prayed, and prepared, that you would add the power that comes with the unction of the Holy Ghost today. Be with us in a special way, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said aloud, amen? Amen. Amen and amen. You know, every single one of us on a daily basis, we use usernames and passwords. And maybe you have a username and password that you have for different types of accounts. It might be for a bank account, maybe for a Netflix account, Instagram, Facebook. We all use usernames and passwords on a daily basis. But on occasion, some of us will receive emails that say that we need to reset our password. In fact, this just happened to me about a month ago. My church email here at the church, every year we have to put a new password in so that we, I guess, continue to be able to log into our uh, emails. And so whenever I receive these emails, I get a little bit of anxiety. Because what they want us to do, these companies want us to pick a new password that is at least eight characters long, that is numeric and alpha, uppercase, lowercase, and those oddball special character things. You know what I'm talking about, the, the percentage sign or the exclamation point. And he actually expects to, expect us to remember all of those different passwords. And when you set up that password, that new account, do you remember how when you were going through the setup process, how it would walk you through a series of test questions? You remember that drop-down menu and it said, hey, in case you forget your email or whatever, here's what you got to do. And so I remember setting up these uh, username passwords and the whole thing. And from the drop-down menu, it asked me what questions I wanted to answer. And I remember one of the questions I answered was, what is your mother's maiden name? How many of you know when it comes to test taking, I like the easiest test taking. I mean, I like the easy ones. So I chose that one. What is your mother's maiden name? I chose a question. I put the answer. Then I went to the next question, and I selected, what street did you grow up on? And so I put down the answer to that question. Then the next one that I answered was, what high school did you graduate from? And then I put down the name of the high school that I graduated from. Now, I wasn't always the best test taker. But how many of you know that it's bad when you select the questions that you want to answer and you put down your own answers to the questions and you still can't pass the test? I mean, come on, somebody. That, like, that is just it's so defeating. 
but they actually expect us to remember these passwords. And only by the act of God, if we're actually able to remember those passwords, then we'll be able to make it to the destination for which this entire process started. And when it comes to the will of God, we have to pass a series of tests. And if we pass these tests, then we'll be able to make it to the destination that God has for our life. And you might be here this morning, you might be seeking God's will and direction in a specific area of your life. Maybe it might be in the area of finances. Maybe it's, am I supposed to go for that new job or am I supposed to stay where I'm at? Am I supposed to move into that house and buy that house? Am I supposed to go to that state or am I supposed to stay where I'm at? Am I supposed to go to that school or this school? Am I supposed to stay in this dating relationship or am I supposed to cut it off? Am I supposed to do that with my life or am I supposed to do this with my life? And here's what people begin to wonder as they make life-altering decisions that deal with God's will. What they think is they feel a sense of direction and they think, well, is this me? Is this God or is this Satan? And how can we know the difference? Well, Romans Chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, somebody shout testing, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And if we want to stay in a perfect will of God, our decisions will have to pass these tests. So today I want to give you five very biblical, very practical tests that if our decisions pass these tests, then and only then can we know that we are in God's will. The first test on how to know God's will is does it agree with the Bible? God will never give you direction that contradicts what he's already said in his, in his word. I know that our culture today wants us to believe that everything found in our scriptures is irrelevant. It's old-fashioned. It doesn't really help us in our life today because, you know, so many things change. And sure, many things do change. Culture changes. Fads change. Hairstyles change. Simply just having hair changes. Come on, Rick, where you at, Rick? Come on, those of us that don't have hair, where are my bald people at? Come on. Things change. Hey, fashions change. Remember back in the day when people used to wear bell-bottoms? You remember those days? Where are my bell-bottom people at? Come on, raise your hand. Where are my bell-bottom people? In fact, Pastor Perry used to wear bell-bottoms. Take a look at this screen right here. Oh, yeah. There they are. Look at, the, look at those puppies just flaring out right there. Man. That's awesome, Pastor. I like those glasses, too. It's like, that's awesome. That is awesome. I could just end the message right now. We all felt like, woo, that, we, we had a good dad church today, man. That, that picture did it all. Fashions change. Nowadays, the young people wear skinny jeans so tight they can't even breathe. I mean, it's, it's reality. Fads change. Fashions change. Different things change in our culture. But the one thing that endures forever is the word of the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1, 20, and starting at verse 23 says, for you have been born again, not of, perishable, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall. And this is comparing us as humans to the grass and to the flowers, saying how the flowers will wither and fall. In other words, how our lives will wither and die. Aren't you glad you came today to hear the good news of the gospel? No, not really. Okay, okay, but go on. The verse goes on to say, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached 
to you. And that's why as one of your pastors here at Harvest Church, I am 100% committed to seeding the word of God into your life. Because it's the only thing that will endure. Good advice, other things are not going to endure forever. The one thing that will endure forever is the word of the Lord. That's why Pastor Perry, every single week, he doesn't preach from the Sacramento B. You heard him say it before. He preaches from the B-I-B-L-E because he knows it's the only thing that will endure forever and be able to stand the, te the test of time. And if we want to know God's will for our life, we have to get into the Word of God. And if we get into the Word of God, the Word of God will get into us. And if the Word of God gets into us, then whenever we have to make a decision that revolves around knowing God's will, we're going to be able to know His will for our life because of Psalm 119.105, which says, The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so if you were in the wilderness and you walked off so far that now it's dark, and you're wondering how to get back to camp. If the moon isn't out, if you don't have anything at all, it's nearly impossible. It's pitch black. You can't even see your own face, your own hand in front of your face. You're trying to step and navigate back to the trail, back to your camp. It'll be impossible. But if you have a light, oh, somebody, the light will line up where exactly where you're supposed to go. And that's how it is with the Word of God. If we will put God's Word into our life, it'll allow us to be able to know where we need to put our step. Where we need to take the next step. Oh, should I do that or this? Oh, God just illuminated this. It'll show us exactly where to go by planting the word of God. That's one thing that will help us to know the will of God. Now, I'm going to say something that's very, very crucial here this morning. If your decision does not pass test number one, you don't need to move on to test number two or three, four, or five. In fact, you don't need to go on at all. Just stop the decision. It is not God's will. Well, Pastor Gary, I don't really like test number one. I'm going to wait for two through five. I might like th those ones better. No, 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 don't do that. Listen to me. If it doesn't pass test number one, don't move on. It's not God's will. In fact, this morning, throughout our time together, if your decision and if God's will doesn't, if it doesn't pass God's will's test, all of them, it is not God's will for you to move forward in this decision. The second test on how to know God's will is am I in right relationship with God? When it comes to knowing God's will and making a big decision, we have to ask ourselves, am I in right relationship with God? And I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about direction. If we're in right relationship with God, he'll direct us exactly to the place that we need to go. And too many Christians make decisions in their, in their lives because they're not, when they're not in right relationship with God and it's not following the will of God that they go towards, but pushes them away towards the will of God because they're not in right relationship with God. They're controlled by the flesh. And when you're controlled by the flesh, your flesh will speak to you. And your flesh will never help you in doing things in your life that will be more beneficial. No, no, no. It will help you to retract from the will of God. Now, my wife and I, we just celebrated 20 years of marriage. And uh, we also celebrated my 20 years of being a pastor here on staff. And we went on vacation together. And I got to be honest with you. Every single night as I went to bed, I remember laying there in bed and my flesh would begin to speak to me. My flesh would say things like, hey, you know, you should just go in that kitchen and get that big tub of ice cream out of the freezer. You know it's going to help you. You know you're hungry. You know you're not going to be able to fall asleep right now. All you need is some ice cream. And it doesn't matter that you want to stay at a certain weight and you actually want to be able to sleep tonight with all that sugar. And How many of you know your body will lie to you? continually and never be beneficial towards you. But I want to take you back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. This will be a benefit to you. 
Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, somebody shout the word then. Then you will be able to test and approve what is what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Only then, when, when, we are, when our minds are renewed and when we're spiritually growing and we're spiritually strong. And that's why church attendance is so important. And I'm not saying that to make us fall back into tradition. I'm saying that because it's this church that helped my life to spiritually ignite and to grow. It's this church, when I walked in for the very first time ever, I walked into church for the first time in my life, and I sensed the presence of the Lord in this place. There were people here strategically placed that welcomed me, that welcomed me into the sanctuary, welcomed me into the presence of the Lord. There were people there that took me under their wing, taught me how to pray, how to read my Bible, invited me to life groups. I mean, I was spiritually growing. Now, if you're watching online this morning and you have not made it back to church yet, let me encourage you, come into the house of the Lord. I know right now you're staying, you're watching this at your own home, but there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord. If you haven't made it yet, because maybe you're concerned about catching COVID or something like that, let me encourage you, just come back. If you're genuinely, genuinely concerned, and I'm not talking about the people that I see at the gym that are like, hey, why haven't you been back at church? Well, I don't want to catch COVID, you know, and as they're grabbing sweaty weights right there. And, or I see them at the grocery store, supermarket, and, and they're rubbing elbows with tons of other people. I'm not talking about those people. But listen, if you are genuinely concerned over catching COVID, maybe you have a lower immune system or something like that, hey, no problem. We want you to know we're going to be here when you're ready to come back. We want you to know that we love you and we genuinely care for you. We just absolutely miss you. It's not the same without you. But if you're sitting at home right now and maybe you're, you're watching online because it's more convenient. Maybe you enjoy being in your pajamas making bacon and sausage and pancakes and waffles and how many of you getting hungry right now and Hey, I get it. It's super convenient to not have to get your children ready, put them in a car, deal with the, all the arguments on the way. I get all of that. I get it. But there's nothing like being in the house of the Lord. There's just something special that happens when you come into an atmosphere like this, where we're all pressing into the Lord, where we're all worshiping God, where we're all saying, God, I want your will, I want your best. Listen, if you're watching at home, this isn't meant to condemn you. I'm just trying to encourage you. I'm trying to say you will not spiritually grow at the rapid speed that you want to grow as fast at home as you would in the house of the Lord together. Yeah. It's just fact. Let me also encourage you to be a person of prayer to be a person that reads your Bible, to be a person that attends our small groups. And one of our greatest goals is that every person would be involved with a small group. And Pastor Ryan and Jennifer Miller have made it so easy. It's never been easier than today to get involved in a life group. The life group is where the big church becomes small. It's where about 15 people or so will get together, meet in people's homes throughout the week. And I know before it used to be the first Sunday of every month, but now you can get into a life group pretty much any day of the week you want. We just ask that you attend just one time a month. We could certainly do that. And what you're, what you're going to find at the life group is deep, meaningful relationships that you're going to be able to build. You're going to get there. There's going to be a time of prayer. You're going to learn something from the Bible. People will bring meals. 
People will bring a dinner. People might bring a lunch. People might have a snack. You're going to have dessert. Come on, man. I'm getting hungry today. My mouth is just watering. Listen, being in a life group is really going to help you to spiritually grow. Here's another thing that will help you spiritually grow. Serving. If you are not involved in serving in some area of ministry, let me encourage you, get involved in serving somewhere. doesn't matter where. Anywhere in ministry. I know when you sit around and you look around at a church of this size, you think, I know there's a serving, a serving opportunity there, but someone else, I mean, I'll just leave it for someone else to do. And here's what happens. Have you ever been to a parking lot where you're walking and you hear a car alarm go off? When was the last time that you and me included, we grabbed our cell phones out, we dialed 911, and we said, hey, there, I hear a car alarm. There's someone breaking in, and I'm sure, I'm sure of it. you got to come right away. No, none of us ever do that. None of us ever pick up our cell phones and do that. You know why? Because all of us assume that the person that's closest to that car, if there's an emergency, they're the ones that are going to call it in. But what happens, actually, is that they break into the car, they take items out of it, or they take the car altogether. And that's exactly what happens in the church when there's an area of ministry that presents itself. You're the only one with that gift and talent. And if you don't use that gift and talent, I know you think that someone else is going to do it, but it'll go unleft. That serving opportunity will go unmet, and you will not be able to use those gifts and talents that God has placed into you. If you want to stay in God's will, you have to use those gifts and talents that God has given you and put them into use. These are just some areas to help us to grow in our relationship with God because if we're in right relationship with God, then and only then will, be, will we be able to know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. The third test on how to know God's will is will it make me more like Christ? Will it make me more like Christ? Before making huge decisions in your life, we have to ask ourselves, will this decision make me more like Christ? Will it produce more Christ-like qualities in me and in the other people around me? And there are three sub-questions that I want to give you that we can all ask ourselves if this decision will make me more like Christ. The first one is this. Will this decision cause me to love people? Jesus says in Matthew 22, starting at verse 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Will this decision help me to be more loving, to be more kind, be more respectful of other people, to be more patient with people? Or will this cause me to be more mean, to be more rude and impatient with people? Now, I know this next statement that I'm about to say is going to be a shocker for some of you. But God will never call you to be a jerk in any situation. Come on. Now, Pastor Gary, you don't know my family. Pastor Gary, you don't know the people I work with. I got to be a jerk. No, God will never call you to be a jerk. If you're becoming more like Christ, then you're definitely headed towards God's will. Somebody say amen. amen. The second question is, will this decision cause me to forgive people more? Matthew 6, 14 says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Will this decision cause me to be more forgiving and understanding of people? Or will this cause me to create more division and hatred and disunity and to gossip more? And how many of you know that these qualities are definitely pre prevalent in our society today? These are not the types of qualities that will help us get closer to God's will. These are the qualities that will help us to be removed from God's will. 
And the third question you can ask yourself is, will this decision cause me to give more? Acts chapter 20, verse 35 says, remember the words the Lord Jesus himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Will this decision cause me to give more or take more? Will this decision cause me to be more generous or to be more greedy and stingy? Because being in God's will will always cause us to be more like Christ, not less than Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. The fourth test on how to know God's will. Have I sought godly counsel? This is such an important test for us to know if we want to be able to discover and discern the will of God in our life. Proverbs, chapter four, uh, Proverbs 11, verse 14 says, where, where there is no counsel, the people fall. This is saying that people will fall due to a lack of counsel. So if we don't go to godly people who can give godly advice in our life, the Bible says that we could fall and stumble. But in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. If we go to those people in our lives that are godly, that can provide godly counsel, there's safety in that decision. Proverbs 15 and verse 22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel. In other words, when we say things to ourselves like, well, why isn't this relationship working? Why aren't my finances getting better? Why aren't I getting that promotion? Why isn't this working out for me? Maybe it's because of a lack of planning with those different people, but with many advisors, they succeed. Maybe if we would have gone to those people and asked them for help to begin with, maybe they would have helped us to be on God's way in God's will. But here's the thing. There are so many people that can provide bad advice for us. And because there are so many different people that provide bad advice, I want to give you three uh, prerequisites, three things that we all need to be aware of before asking anybody for any advice at all. First one is this. Do they live a godly life that produces godly fruit? And I'm not talking, is there evidence in the way that they talk? I'm saying, is there evidence in the way they walk? Is there evidence in their prayer life? Is there evidence in the way that they worship? Is there evidence when you go to them? Do they just give you manly, fleshly advice, or do they give you godly advice? And, uh, and these, are, these things are so important to get the right advice because so many people will give you ungodly, fleshly, worldly type of advice. And that type of advice will, leave you, will lead you out of God's will, not lead you towards God's will. The second prerequisite before seeking counsel, godly counsel, is do they have experience in the area I seek wisdom? And so if you need help with raising your children, don't go to your single buddies and to your single friends who aren't married, that don't have children, and ask them what you ought to do about your children. How many of you know they already think they're the best parents on the planet? They can give you all kinds of advice. They, in fact, they're waiting for you to ask them for advice because they're ready to give it to you. You don't believe me? Ask your friends. No, don't do that. that. That goes against God's word. Don't ask those people. But listen, I remember before we had kids, I remember I, I saw this kid in a, in a restaurant, and I remember him throwing food on the floor, throwing utensils, and I remember turning to my wife, and I said, my kids, my kids will never act like that. Is it true, babe? Did I say that? And then I remember going to a grocery store, and I remember seeing a kid plop themselves on the floor, throwing a fit, crying, because they, they didn't get the toy that they wanted. And I saw that kid, I remember saying, my kids, my kids will never do that. I had a, uh, one of my friends who was already married, had kids, and he came to pick me up one day. 
He picked me up in this really nice car, but it looked like it hadn't been washed in like 10 years. And I, I look inside the car, and there's dried up, old, mildewy, stinky, dried up milk. It was disgusting. It smelled inside that car. There were Cheerios, like no joke, Cheerios on the windshield. Like, like I don't need, how do you even do that? I don't even know how you even did. There, there were crushed up crumbs all over. There was like a five-year-old hamburger from McDonald's that still looked brand new. I don't know, I don't know what that's about, but I mean, it, I just couldn't believe it. And I remember leaving his car after he dropped me off, and I was like, my car? My car will never look like that. And you know what happened, Harvest Church? I had kids, and I realized at that moment I didn't know nothing about raising kids. I thought I knew it all, but in reality, I didn't know anything. Listen, do not go to people who do not have experience in the area that you seek wisdom because those people are not going to be able to help you. Come on now, shout aloud, amen. amen. All right, number three, the third prerequisite before seeking godly counsel is do they have proven results? Experience does not always equal results. How many of you know people that have lived on this earth a long, long time, and they still act crazy? Come on, how many of you know people like that? Don't, don't, don't raise your hand right now. I'm trying to help you. Don't raise. Just look straight. You might live with that person. Just look straight. But all of us need godly counsel from people that can provide godly advice in our life. The fifth and final test on how to know God's will is do I have God's peace? Woo! Preach that one, Pastor Gary. Hey, listen, it might seem like this is one of the ones that is not as important as the other ones, but God's peace is absolutely vital to us staying in God's will. John 16 verse 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, this is talking about the Holy Spirit, comes he will guide you into all the truth and uh, into all the truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come pastor gary i want to know god's will for my life well the holy spirit of god will lead you into that will listen if we have invited god's spirit to live inside if we've accepted jesus christ Every single one of us has a spirit of God to help us in our life. And if we have the spirit of God to help us in our life, then he will actually help us to make all the right decisions that we have to make in our life. Without his, without his help, there's no way that we'll be able to make those decisions. God will help us and tell us all the truth and will help us and tell us all the things that have yet to come. And Harvest Church, I want to remind you this morning that God still speaks to us today. Uh-huh. Yeah, some of you guys got that. My young people, I know my young people know this. Hey, young people, God still speaks today. Oh, wow. Wow, no. No, no, we got to try that one again, young people. I thought you, Pastor Josh, I thought you'd been, bro, bro, I thought you'd been helping them out. Hey, young people, God still speaks to us today. All right, all right, there you go, there you go. And one of the ways that God still speaks to us today in fact, a major way that God still speaks to us today is that when we're making decisions and when we want to know God's will for our life, he will provide his peace in that situation. One of the greatest verses that we can memorize throughout all of Scripture that will help us with seeking God's will is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, 
Now may the Lord of peace, because remember, he's the God of peace. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. At what times? All and in every way. How many ways? The Lord be with all of you. Worship team, if you can please come. In all decisions, we have to ask ourselves, do I sense God's peace? Because if we're trying to make a decision and really trying to seek after God's will, if we don't have the peace of God and we still feel anxiety, we feel pressure, we feel like we feel stressed out about this situation, then let me tell you, it is not God's will. And if you're seeking after a decision and you still don't have God's peace, sure, pray about it. And then go through these five tests again. But if you still don't have God's peace, don't go through with that situation. Don't go through with that decision. Choosing to go through with that decision will not take you towards God's will. It will remove you out of God's will. And I'm not saying that God's will is always going to be easy because it's not. I'm saying it's going to be hard at times. I'm saying it's going to take a lot of work. I'm not even saying that it won't be tough. But one thing I've learned about the Lord and His will is that if I make the right decision, His peace will accompany me all along the way. And there's someone here that needs to hear this word. Because you're about to make a decision. Maybe you've been looking at the Bible, and, and you're a real deal Christian. You're someone of prayer. You're someone that reads your Bible. You really and genuinely want to know God's will for your life. I'm talking about that person, the person that is truly committed to the Lord. You're about to make a decision in your life, and it seems like everything is lining up. It seems like on paper, there's no way you can lose out on moving to that new state. There's no way you can move out on, there's no way you can lose out on moving into that new house or getting this promotion or getting this job on paper. Man, it looks fantastic. All the people in your life are like, yep, you should do it. Man, this is God's will for you. But if you don't sense God's peace, don't go through with it. God has spoken to you. His peace is something that can be so easily overlooked. If you're making a decision and you don't have God's peace, don't go through it. Go, don't go through with it. There's nothing that will remove us out of the will of God faster than making a decision when we don't feel God's peace. How many of you know that's true? Now here's a word of caution. If you're going through a crisis right now in your life, don't make a life-altering decision. Don't do it. If, you're, if you've just recently gone through a death in your life, someone has passed away, don't make a life-altering decision in your life. Where you should move next? Should you go to that state? Should you just get this job? Who, who, don't do it. If, if you just recently uh, had a breakup in a relationship and you need to make a big decision, don't make a decision right now. Get through it. Get healed first. Go through the grieving process, and then you'll be able to know God's will. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to share this. Some of you are in a dating relationship right now, and you don't know if it's God's will. And here's what the Holy Spirit says to you. Are you in closer relationship with the Lord today than you were before this relationship? Or are you further away from God today since that relationship? Because if you're in God's will, his will will never cause you to be less Christ-like. 
if you're in God's will, if that dating relationship is actually from God, you should be growing. You shouldn't be missing church on Sunday mornings because you went out and you hung out too late on Saturday night. You shouldn't be sleeping in longer, missing your prayer time. You shouldn't be sleeping in, missing out on your devotionals. Well, I haven't been, you know, I got this relationship, but I haven't been doing my devotionals lately because I'm so, no. No, if the relationship you're in right now has caused you to grow in your relationship and you know that you're more mature today than you were back then, then that's God's will for your life. That, that's the type of relationship that is God's will for your life. I tell my children this all the time. I say, hey, I'm going to know who, if that person's God's will for your life because if I see you spiritually growing more, that's God's will. If I see you diminishing and I see you reading your word less, less having a prayer life, that's not God's will for your life. Listen, I know every single one of us want to stay in God's will. And making big decisions while going through crisis is never a good idea. But whenever we're in God's will, he will always provide his peace. Aren't you glad for the peace that comes with the Holy Spirit this morning? Amen. If you're able, would you just stand with me this morning? There are so many people here that are seeking God's will for your life. You're... Maybe you just came back from college and you're wondering, what am I supposed to do with my life? I don't know, am I supposed to go for that job or this job? I pray and hope that these tests will help you to discern and to discover God's will for your life. Maybe you're here today, you might be saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to do financially. I don't know if I'm supposed to go for that job or this job, where, where I'm supposed to move. Am I supposed to stay in this relationship? There's so many different decisions that all of us have to make on a daily basis. I know every single one of us want to stay in God's will. And the only way that we'll be able to do that is if it passes all five of these tests. Put your decisions through all five of these tests because then and only then will we know if we're in a will of God today. If you receive something from the word of the Lord this morning, would you just give the Lord a great clap offering this morning? If you have a decision to make in your life and you truly want to seek out God's will about this decision concerning maybe whatever it is in your life, I want to pray for you today. I know we have these tests and it's one thing to put our decisions through these tests, but it's another thing to know. It, like if God actually tells you you're not supposed to go on with that dating relationship, man, that's hard. That's tough. If God actually says to you, yeah, I know you put in for that new job, and you're going to get better pay, but that's not where I'm calling you. How many of you know that's going to be tough for you to retract that resume? Some of these decisions are tough, but if you actually want God's will in your life and need help in making those decisions, I want to pray for you today. If that's you today and you need just an extra prayer over your life for God to help you with direction and knowing God's will, would you just lift your hands all across this auditorium? And I just want to pray a special prayer over you. There's several hands here that are lifted up. God, you see every single hand represented here. And truthfully, probably every single one of us could lift our hands because every single day we have choices that we have to make that, uh, that will determine whether we stay in your will or we don't. And so right now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to our hearts so clearly that as we put these decisions through every single one of these tests, I pray that not only will you speak to us, but would you also give us the ability to walk out the decision that you've placed in our heart. God, I pray that we would always want to get closer towards you and not want to get away from you. So when you speak to us, I pray that we would listen and be doers of what you're speaking in our hearts. 
God, I pray that, yes, you speak to us with, through your Bible. I pray that we would grow in our relationship with you, that we become more like Christ, that even when we ask other people for help and advice, that they would provide godly counsel. And then, Lord, would you add your peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's the peace of God that will really aid us and help us in knowing that we're in the right will of God. So, God, I pray today that the answers would begin to come, that we would see your will more clearly in every area of our life. And if you agree with that prayer, would you say aloud, amen? Amen, amen and amen. Now this morning, if you're here this morning and maybe you've never crossed over the line of faith, maybe you're new to Harvest Church, someone invited you, someone asked you to join us online. Hey, we're so glad that you've come to Harvest Church. And I, I, I would... It, it, it would just be wrong of me if I didn't give you the opportunity of accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because right now you have decisions that you have to make. You're trying to seek out God's will for your life as well. And the only way that God will be able to help you is if you give your life over to Jesus. What that means is I'm going to pray this prayer and give you the opportunity of accepting Christ into your heart. And it's not this prayer alone that's going to save you. It's believing it that is actually going to save you. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so this morning I want to give you the opportunity of praying that prayer. If maybe you did accept Christ at one point in your life but you walked away from the faith, I want to give you also the, the opportunity of making your, right, your life right with the Lord so that you can also know God's will for your life. If that's you this morning, I want you to pray this prayer. Harvest Church, if you would join in with all of them as, as well, if you wouldn't mind bowing your heads, closing your eyes, and pray this prayer out loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you for this word today. I want to remain in your will. And one of the greatest ways for me to remain in your will is for me to give my life to you. So right now, Lord Jesus, I believe on you. I receive you and I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. From this day forward, I want to live for you in Jesus' name. And everybody said aloud, amen. amen. Now here's what just took place, everyone. In Luke chapter 15, verse 10, the Bible says that even when just one person comes to know the Lord, that all of heaven erupts in praise. And so for all of you that just prayed that prayer, if you meant it, we want to rejoice with you over that decision. So I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to raise your hand if you pray that prayer with me this morning. Ready? One, two, three. Raise your hands all across the auditorium. Yes, 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 yes. I see your hand right there, sir. Now come on, give the Lord glory. Now listen, if you just accepted Jesus Christ, you are a part of a very healthy, God-spirited church. This is your new home church. Just like when you were born, you were introduced to a family. Now that you've been born again, we want to introduce you to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. This is your home church. You don't need to look any further. You're going to spiritually grow here. You're going to see your life take off spiritually like never before. If you made that commitment to follow Jesus Christ today. There's a card that looks just like this on, a, on the chair right in front of you. If you wouldn't mind filling out this card. And on the very back, there's an area there that says, I committed my life to Jesus Christ or I renewed my life to Jesus Christ. Before you leave today, hand it to one of the ushers right there in the offering plate. And we're so glad that you came today, everyone. Or if you joined us online, uh, please send me an email at, at garyatgoharvest.org. And uh, my email works because I did reset the password. Don't worry. Okay, I, it works. 
But send me an email. I just want the opportunity of getting to know who you are and help you to spiritually grow. God bless you, everyone. Pastor Perry. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Mm -hmm.